Hello and welcome to the Old Man Orange Podcast. I'm Spencer Scott Holmes. And I'm Rain Dunnigan. Today we're going to go back to the 90s because I don't know, I don't think we know where to go anymore other than the 90s. It feels like all our retrospects have been like, remember the 90s? Yeah, I remember the 90s. You know, and I don't think that's a bad thing though because that's to me is where one of my favorite sectors of movies that along with the 80s and the 30s. It sounds so fucking weird when you tell people that. You're like, you know what movies I really like? I like movies from the 80s, the 90s, and the 1930s. Well, I feel like a lot of our listeners probably they grew up in the 90s or maybe at least like early early 2000s because if we started doing things like we did like, okay, now we're going to do Once Upon a Time in the West. I can just see like views on that one drop. I mean, I looked on Newgrounds when the Jackie Brown one was, that's not even that old. That's still 90s, but that one was just like people who don't know that one i just saw it was like 60 something in the first week i was like oh wow that's pretty bad you know so i think it's one of those things like if unless it's like a weird genre of some kind that i don't think it really jumps out of people well it's funny because i think about it you know whenever we do like a movie that's like in the 60s or the 70s i feel like that's almost a little too old for the average now there's people that like those movies but the, the amount of people that like old movies is like very small it's like a small margin and I think that's just kind of why those ones... Not that they do bad, because here's the thing. Probably the people that listen to that, that's probably all your best fans anyways. Those mm-hmm. are all your hardcore video people, or movie people. I guess technically not really video, but... You know, so that's cool. But it's kind of funny. It's like, you know, yeah, you do. You pick, like, 80s and 90s stuff, and everybody seems to be more, like... Uh, well, it's, we thought about this before. It's like, we, we realize that, like, we really like Clint Eastwood. We kind of forget that a lot of people, especially in, like... Between the ages of like maybe like thirty five and below, mostly have probably barely watched any Clint Eastwood movies. It's just not that common. And we're talking about Clint Eastwood is like you know back in his like you know Man with No Name and uh, Unforgiven. That Clint Eastwood. We're not talking about Clint Eastwood talking to an invisible chair. <laughs> yeah, we're, yeah, we're more talking about yeah movie Clint Eastwood. Doesn't matter what kind it is. And it's funny because I even notice like other shows. Like even the, you look at other shows that talk about movies. I I know it's almost very few of them go seventies and back. Like I look at all of them, it's like they're always like eighties and up. Like no, nobody's willing to touch those seventies and back movies as much, unless it's something like that everybody might know. Like oh, we're gonna do Close Encounters, or we're gonna do even Close Encounters. That's like still like a a tough argument one nowadays because that was like a humongous movie when I was a kid. Fucking Close Encounters was like giant fucking enormous. And then when I rewatched it about like less than a year ago, I kind of thought about this. I'm like, dude, this movie's almost kind of getting to a forgotten point now. You know what I mean? Like, if, if you went to interview fucking, like, 20-year-olds, how many of them have probably seen Close Encounters? I bet you it's pretty small. Well, Close Encounters, I think it's one of those things, like, at the time, like, dude, look at the way they do the special effects. How the lights just fly by? Now it's like we got, now the special effects we have now, it's, like, that's just so behind. So I think it's kind of like, yeah, why watch that when I can watch a UFO blow the fuck out of something? Where Close Encounters is a much more personal story. Well, yeah, I mean, Close Encounters, you, you, I mean... Here's the thing. The special effects are cool. You don't watch the movie necessarily for that. Even though I'll say this, the special effects in Close Encounters, I take those over a lot of modern, like, 2000s movies. You know what I mean? Like, I like them. That's the way Spielberg is with a lot of his special effects. I mean, look at Jurassic Park. That's still go-to for a lot of, like, CG. Yeah, exactly. And so, here, we're going back. We're taking a Steven Spielberg movie, but one that's probably a little bit better known, mainly also because it's a story that's over 100 years old, pretty much. But, um... And that story is 1991's Hook.
children you must make yourself remember remember what peter don't you know who you are have to fly have to fight have to crow have to save maggie have to save jack kind of weird that like he decided to go with I mean I get it I get it because people already know Peter Pan I think it's kind of like it was like meant to be kind of like edgy and dark like we're gonna name it after the bad guy <laughs> do you think that was kind well, of the theory or just maybe it, it was because it was kind of that still because it's technically like an 80s movie I mean it's 91 by the time it came out but I think it started shooting in 89 and kind of goes through there so they might have been going with this kind of like a little bit more like, hey, we're you know the first one's Peter Pan. This one's about the story of Hook. We're gonna give him more screen time. We're gonna kind of flesh his character out. We're gonna make him and Bob Hoskins fucking gay. It's okay. <laughs> there was kind of like that unspoken thing in that movie. I noticed. There's I also... think it was just Dustin Hoffman and Bob Hoskins just really wanted to make him gay. I and think Steven Spielberg was like, whoa, whoa, whoa! It's a fucking kids movie. You guys can't have a fuck scene. Like, what do you mean we can't have a fuck scene? Look, I already got my strap on on. I want to make Hook's dick look like it was ginormous and, like, fucking kind of curved and shit. <laughs> the two, the two, the, the testes are two clocks constantly ticking. So he's overcoming his fear. It's like his balls are, like, two, like, clocks hanging down. No, well, I, well all right, here's a quick thing about Hook. Um, why is he, why, I mean, I remember, why does the alligator, what does that have to do with clocks exactly? Maybe you can remind me. Did it swallow a watch so it's always ticking whenever it comes by is that what it is like it took his hand a hand that had a watch so he would always hear the tick tock when it came by is that how it works or? yeah yeah okay. the, the, the crocodile did swallow a clock and that's he, like so when he hears the he gets pretty much non-flashbacks every time he hears a clock that's kind of can't go into clock stores or anything like that nope that's why he just has like one where it's like they're all broken he's like oh silence <laughs> and he fits he just fit right into the digital age <laughs> Oh yeah, it'd be perfect. You know, he, maybe he does need to leave Neverland. I think if he finally gets out of there. Obviously, he can travel out of Neverland no problem whatsoever. But well, I'm gonna say this clearly: Captain Hook, to some extent. I mean, we think of him as this great villain that spanned it over a hundred years, but clearly he's kind of a fucking bitch. If he's just been fighting children for the last couple hundred years, gets his ass kicked. Yeah, every time too. Every once in a while, he gets to kill one. Why but... is it that? Why is it he stays there and doesn't say, you know what? I'm going to take over the world. 
I'm gonna jump. I'm just fuck it. I got a floating pirate ship. Worst comes to worst, I can teleport out, come right back, bomb some shit. Shit, you know what? I can maybe pop up somewhere. I get some updated weapons and use this time travel power for whatever the fuck I want. He's really limiting himself here. Well, maybe what it was, maybe Captain Hook was this thing, like, back in the old 1700s or whatever, he was sailing around, and he was just a pirate that it was, like, everybody's joke. It was just like, Captain Hook, talk about the worst smuggler you ever met. You hire him when you want something to fail. You know, he's good for a tax write-off, and that's about it. <laughs> you know? <laughs> he was just no good to anybody. It's like, you know, he had, like, the worst crew, worst everything like that. So he discovers this Neverland place. When Shmee is your oh, right-hand man. Yeah, if we fight fucking children, we have a chance at winning. We could steal from children and Indians and everything like that, and it'll be fine. You know what I mean? It's going to be okay. You know, we don't have to fight those other pirates that are so much more skilled and went to Harvard for pirate school and all this other stuff we have to deal with. We could just fight children and Native Americans and be fine. Sure enough, look how that panned out. No pun exactly. intended. And then after, well, probably what it was at first, they were, like, winning against the children, and then all of a sudden, like, Peter Pan kind of came, and he was, like, rose up like fucking King Arthur to fucking finally take down this, like, pirate regime. Racist machine played as he, like, led the Lost Boys. Yeah, exactly. And then they just pushed him back to that one town that the pirates hang out, and they can't, for some reason, seem to leave that town either. Well, my thing is, like, I'm surprised they haven't tried to overthrow. Maybe, I mean, it wouldn't surprise me the least bit if there is some dark, uh, edgy you know, comic about, like, you know, the real world of Peter Pan and Hook's, uh, the, how Hook was exiled and he's trying to rebuild his army. And it wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise me at least a bit if they had something like that at some point. But I just, it's one of those things, like, how bad do you gotta fucking be? I mean, sh- I mean I'm sure he probably gets a couple in here and there. And he even mentions, like, occasionally kill a lost boy here and there, whatever. Just like, occasionally. Motherfucker, they should have been dead a long-ass time ago. Maybe, maybe like, uh, Peter's just going there recruiting him. Like, you just got drafted into a war. Like, every <laughs> yeah, time exactly. he kills one, he, he just goes, flies in with a net, like a, sack of, like a sack of humans over his shoulder, just right back into his vortex. Well, that's what I feel like. That's probably what Peter Pan does when he, like, shows up at London, and he fucking just goes in there and, like, kicks open fucking windows in the middle of the night and takes the children or- out of their beds. The orphanage, they won't be missed. <laughs> yeah, and that's what he's kind of obsessed with. He likes orphanages because there's no, like, almost like, there's, there's there's no question. Like, an orphan goes missing, nobody puts out a missing kid report. You know what I mean? Who the fuck cares at the end of the day? He, he gets the boys like, you know what? It's the early 1900s, whatever. Fuck this noise. Nobody's going to care. All, all of this is, at the end of the day, if an orphan goes missing, that means taxpayers save a couple cents. Exactly. You know? Everybody can look forward to that. He's looking out for the Commonwealth. He really is. He's helping out there. So Peter busts in, takes children, and then one day he finds Wendy. And this is always the thing about Peter Pan. I kind of like think about Peter Pan. I'm like, you know what Peter Pan is, though? He's a guy that people look up to, but he's kind of like that douchebag kid. Oh, he totally is. He doesn't share oh, none so of his he, flying powder. He doesn't teach anybody how to fly. Yeah, he doesn't share that to anybody. You Other know, than the kids makes- that just got there. Yeah, he spreads it on, like, pretty much he takes in new kids that he knows he can kind of, like, mind control and manipulate, not the ones he's been living with for a while that might try to overthrow him. He's the only one that really has a sword, you ever notice that, too? Like, nobody else, they all have, like, fucking spears and sticks and shit. Like, nobody else is allowed to carry a sword around. I'm realizing he works the same way. Like, he knows how to keep this order there. He, He functions the same way as an African crime lord. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's literally a, taking a blood children in the middle hunter. of the night. <laughs> and then also, too, you think about... This is the thing I think about with, like, the Hook movie that's, like, super fucked up that I don't think anybody really ever mentions, but 
okay, Peter's already kind of this douchebag. And he shows up at, like, Wendy's house, like, fucking once a year. And he's just like, it's almost like he shows up like, yo, Wendy, I'm your backdoor man. I'm like Jim Morrison. <laughs> fucking, you know, comes in, fucking, like, shows in Neverland. Yeah, pretty cool, huh? You want to come see my pad? Look at this little cave I built down here. It's my fuck room. I mean, <laughs> this is fuck room built for you. And then it's like, once she's gone, it's like, he's out like, hey, mermaids, what's up? How you doing? You know, or he's over at, like, fucking, hey, Tiger Lily. Let me get some fly? Let me get some of that native poontang. Maybe just like maybe he'll just walk off this clip. Whoops! Floats back up. Whoops. Oh, look at that! Like that, he's got to use that every first date. Yeah, exactly. And then, and then God knows how many other windows he's fucking kicking in in London and whatnot. <laughs> so, and then this is the thing I think is weird about fucking Hook. Okay, Wendy and Peter are like in love pretty much, or at least Wendy's in love with Peter. Peter's more just like I think in the old one, it's like you're like my mom practically. You know what I mean? You take care of us and the boys, you know. But when, but uh, Peter, I love you. Yeah, you know. That's what moms say, too. <laughs> cool. <laughs> and then also, like, Tinkerbell's also in love with Peter Pan, too. So it's like, he's got all those people, and it's kind of like, yeah, Tink, whatever. I'm not into small chicks. <laughs> he's like a douche. Like, you know, I got, like, a height limit issue here. You know, once they're, like, under, like, three foot five, because, you know, we're all ten years old, it's a little too short, you know? Just saying. Not well, in the midgets. It's, it's awkward for Tink, because it's she's played by Julia Roberts. So even though she's small, she's got this weird, like... Oh, Peter Pan! Like uh, you're you're like in your thirties, lady. Well, uh, let's see. She's a little bit younger, I guess, than that one. But still, but still, I guess maybe she slightly ages as time goes on, like just ever mm-hmm. so slightly. But this is the weird part of it all, though. When Peter keeps coming back to see Wendy, and she kind of gradually gets older over the years, it's like, okay, that that's fine. And then she gets to the point where it's like, I can't take it to Neverland. I have you know grandkids, and I was like. Oh, you got grandkids now? Awesome. This chick looks hot. I'm going to fucking kiss her. This is sweet. Well, that does, it does get you know what, Wendy, Keep on making kids. Keep making kids. <laughs> I like this. This is awesome. You know, if more people were like you that just had kids for me to take away for like, you know, you know, a week at a time. I don't want to be, be too hung up. You know, me and the gang like to walk around naked and shit. You know, we can't have chicks around for that. I mean, except for Tinkerbell, but she's practically a dude. She's one of the guys. She's one of the, you know what I mean? I like the idea of him just being kind of like hanging out. Like, it's what I like about Neverland. They get older, I stay the same age. It really, it's like that, like in this like weird, like alternate way. You know what I mean? Like, fuck. Mm-hmm. If Matthew McConaughey could travel to Neverland, he would never fucking leave. I just that imagine that when he flies like, by, when he flies by, he's here. Like, all right, all right. Like, he's by. He's near. All right, all right. He's flying around. He's around here somewhere. But it's weird to think that, like, okay, Wendy's like, oh, yeah, go ahead, Peter, you know, you can marry my fucking granddaughter, and I'll get you, like, an orphanage, and... That was very you know, we'll, we'll, sudden. We'll let but, you be a... Because he was like, come on, let's go to fucking Neverland. And then all of a sudden, like, he's all like, I can, I'm old now, but I got a, I got a granddaughter. Say, what? Oh, shit, like, she's shit. sleeping? She's fucking... I might, like, jerk off on her face while she's sitting here. I mean, wait, you're not going to get up from that wheelchair. <laughs> I'm not in a wheelchair. I'm in a rocking chair. Yeah, whatever. Same difference. <laughs> but for old people. I'm educated. What do you expect me to say? He just walks. Uh, it, it, she did seem very kind of like, oh, you want to kiss my granddaughter who you've never seen before? Okay. Because this, this did seem very sudden. Like, may I kiss her? Just like, uh, she's sleeping, dude. Yeah. It's like, it's, it's what I do. You know, kiss people when they're sleeping. You know, it's my thing. Sometimes I put my balls on their forehead. <laughs> Dragon. Ask Michael. He knows about that one. <laughs> yeah, so he, he, he was into that, too, you know. I peer pressured him to do that. 
<laughs> By peer pressure, I mean I had two other lost boys hold him down while I just dragged my sack across his forehead. <laughs> Never like land! Top hat anymore either. Or no, that's John. That's John who has the top hat. Fuck. But um, it's like it's weird. Like the one thing they don't explain in the hook is because they they say it like once, but they don't go into detail like what happens is somehow some way. Okay, Peter finds that and then he decides to like, oh, I'm gonna fucking you know stay here in the you know real world and like have kids and everything like that and change my life around. But they mention at the very beginning, Wendy goes, oh, Peter, you had that accident, and then it's like. What accident? Like, was he in, like, a car crash? Like, how did he get that amnesia that he had that... Because he has an accident, but they never go into detail, like, what that accident fucking was. I think it's just one of those things brushed under the rug or something. One of the... I don't know. I think it's just one of those things just quickly threw. So, like, we... This movie's already, like, two and a half hours. Like, yeah, just accident. Clear that shit out of the way. I mean, Peter, it's well as it was. It's an amazing movie. I love fucking Hook. And it's that thing that... But there is always, like, these kind of, like, somewhat unanswered questions. Kind of like... Yeah, why? How can Hook just freely, tr- you know, just travel wherever he wants? Or what do you what do you have to do to do that? Did he have to like capture a fucking fairy and like put it in a jar, and that was his only like way? He's like, you get one fucking wish. Why? Well, I, I don't. I think it's one of those things. It is it, it, clearly it's not that hard. I think he just prefers to stay in Neverland. But I guess the question is, how did he find out where Peter was? I mean, actually, I guess well, I guess Shmi was there as kind of an agent, kind of spying on people, figuring it all out. I'm just curious mm-hmm. why he didn't go there fucking sooner. Yeah, well, it's was like too. Also, at the same time, Captain Hook can't leave Neverland because he's already fucking old as is. It's only gonna get, he's only gonna age more. You know, what I mean, he's, he's not a boy. Mm-hmm. But it's kind of funny because then it's like in the story of Hook. So you know, Peter turns out to be just a regular guy, and he goes to work. And you know, or you know, I think Wendy gets him like an orphan or gets him a parents, and they're in America. So somehow, some way, he goes to America, and then he comes back and gets Mo- uh, Moira. The granddaughter. It's just one of those, some of these things. I just kind of go, "How the fuck is this happening? Like, how this did, did she? Did he send Moira over there too? Like, how the fuck did that all connect?" Moira, who's Moira again? That's the granddaughter. Oh, uh, well, the well, wife. I the, oh, right, right. That was her name. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. Well, no, well, it like like X Men, like Moira McTaggart. Mm-hmm. Well, wasn't uh, well. I thought that well, uh, she wasn't in any of the previous books, was she? She was strictly made for just for this movie. Yeah, well, because I don't think there is a book that, like, Peter, like, you know, in the future, like, super far. Mm-hmm. You know, there, there's, like, a, sort of, like, an after story where it's like, oh, and Wendy sort of got slightly older, but, and she married, you know, they, or they, they said she married one of the Lost Boys. That was that Tuttle, that was the guy with the old guy with the marbles, like, he's like, I lost my marbles, that old Yeah, bit. well, people speculate that, apparently, like, the original writer's like, no, she didn't marry that, fuck. Well, that part, too, that guy, he's just, the whole thing with that, I'll, I'll say this. I, I get why the guy's there. He's meant to be just some old babbling fool who's kind of like getting an exposition through like nursery rhyme type shit because it sounds kind of creepy and it kind of sounds good in the trailer. But when it gets down to it, when he's all like, my kids are gone, my kids are gone, what's going on? Gone? Look, it's Hook or whatever. It's just like, all right, dude, now's not the fucking time. You think you could just say that? like? And then he's saying that more as there like, is more of this shit's going on. Like, okay, can we just put like, a stool in a closet and put this fucker in there? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, like, what happened to this guy? Like, fucking... It's like, well, yeah, Wendy brought him back, but she could never give him real proper education, so he's just kind of... He, he's at, like, literally a second-grade level. This. <laughs> well, it's not, it's not even so much he has amnesia or Alzheimer's or anything like that. What if he just has PTSD from the Pirate Wars? That's what all this is. <laughs> yeah, that's he always had this. I I have to say, even though this is totally at the end of the movie, though, but the part where, like, Rob Williams comes back, he's like, here you go, here's your marbles. He's like, my marbles! 
my marbles. He's like rolling them through his hands. He's like, and it's almost like magic. And it like the pixie dust all comes on him and everything. Like he flies off. I just see him going like, fuck you, Wendy, and fuck you, Peter. Fuck you, London. I'm fucking out of here, bitches. Dude, the, the the inspirational like I think I'm guess I think it's um, John Williams. It is John Williams. Figured, John like he's just like the music just cuts like fuck you, fuck you. <laughs> like like long just flying around to. London, double burden it. Like he can't like he doesn't have like the education to think of something more clever. I mean, just fuck you, you <laughs> fucking console, fucking hate all of you. Fuck you. <laughs> He's just doing drive-by fuck you. He's like, fuck you, Big Ben. Credits. Because <laughs> that's just, that's all I matter is that guy's like, he's been fucking waiting 70 years to get those fucking marbles. Because he knows those marbles is the only way he's going to be able to fly back to Neverland. And he, that's maybe why he just, like, talks that way. He's, he's just been pissed at himself. He's been fucking, like, doubting everything. Like, what's the point of life? Why even bother? If I can't be in Neverland where shit's awesome... You know, because you think about, like, when you come back from Neverland, like, that's why I feel this movie almost has, like, a bittersweet ending. I know it's supposed to be nice, like, oh, family, that's what I learned, but there's no way you come back from Neverland as, like, yep, it's going to be much better. You know that about two years later, Peter's, like, sitting on a beach, or just sitting somewhere going, like, it's just not the same. It's just not the fucking same. Because before, he didn't know because he lost his memory, so he, he forgot, like, how awesome Neverland was. You know what I mean? But now it's, like... Now he's just one of those guys who's sitting there like, yeah, now my kids are growing up. They're teenagers. They don't even want to fucking hang out with me anymore. What have I got? Like, this is what this is what I left Neverland for? Like, literally, I could have had, you know, a fairy girlfriend. I could have had a bunch of guys that every day we were eating whatever the fuck we wanted and not gaining any weight and being totally awesome fighting pirates. And instead, I traded it for this. Came back to be a lawyer again. She talked, just that me thing. Into, she, she talked me into moving to Wisconsin because real estate was low. The fuck am I thinking? <laughs> yeah. Why? It snows all the fucking time here. It's horrible. You know what I mean? Like, and it's kind of funny because, like, Peter, it's like you think about, like, he becomes, like, in the past or, like, in, in the beginning of the movie when he's, like, older, it's like he becomes almost pretty much a pirate. He becomes everything that Peter Pan fights against. But he becomes a modern one. So he's a lawyer. But he's a lawyer that takes over businesses. He's a lawyer that, like, destroys other people's companies. And he doesn't really care about anybody but himself a lot of times. So he's now become this, like, what he kind of hated. But it's funny. It almost shows in, like, one of the scenes where Peter finally starts to remember his real parents. It's almost like his parents were setting him up to become that guy anyways. Like, their parents were like, yes, we're going to put him in the best school in Oxford. And he will have the best education. He'll become the biggest businessman. And he will have slaves and everything. You know, it was getting to that point, And it was almost like Peter's like, fuck this noise. Starts rocking the fucking cradle. And it just starts rolling down the hill until he falls out in the middle of Times Square. Or wherever the fuck he's at. And it's almost like he rebelled against that as a baby. He knew he had to fight the power. And, be, you know, <laughs> go off to Neverland. Just see this little baby fist, like, pull, pull, uh, pop out, like, flipping the bird. Yeah. Just rolls away. Yeah, exactly, and he goes down there, and then, of course, Tinkerbell somehow finds him. God knows how that happens either, but um, just what, Tinkerbell is out looking for children one day? Well, I don't know. Well, I think it just it just sounds kind of creepy when it's just like, oh, a baby, maybe we should just try, like, drag it over to the nearest orphanage, but it's just, just like this, like, mine, like, grabs yeah. it, flies away with it. Uh, but the other thing is, he will be my husband. Well, going back, to, I'll just say this, going back to Toddle real quick, mm-hmm. if Peter got so much shit for being old and fat, 
when he went there. Imagine the level of shit Toddle is going to get when he goes back. He's even older he, he, and fatter. He's going to go back like, boys, remember me? And the, the fat black kid just going to do that little like song, the hedgehog, tumble down the hill thing, run him over. <laughs> I like how it's like the fat kid's in charge now. It's like, fat power. Just wants to be like, like, that's what it is. You see, you guys are all making fun of the fat kid now. Guess who's in charge? I, I want that's of all the lot of all the Lost Boys. Uh, I know most people go like Rufio, but I actually like the fat kid the most. I think he had the most personality, most character. Um, no, I like that. Kid. I, I think that's the, that's definitely the right choice. And then like the whole thing with Rufio, because remember he's meant to be the badass. He's meant to be. We fear Rufio. At the same time, though, there's that whole part where it's just. It's just like these kids are all chanting his name like, Rufio, Rufio. Look, he is. He's coming in on this little fucking, like, wind bobsled thing. Like, yeah, it's on a fucking track. You can see it's clearly connected to a track. He's not controlling that thing. Yeah. But still, it's like one of those ones. Like, that that, that guy right there, he represents the 90s more than, like, anything oh. else almost that time. That That is literally, like, the most, like, 90s fucking kid. I know it's, like, 1991, so it's, like, totally, like, turn of the century. Or not turn of the century. Turn of the decade. But, um... That is what Rufio is. He, like, is the, the modern kid. Because also, like, the fact that he's Asian. Because that's the time period of, like, Ninja Turtles and, like, Three Ninjas and Karate Kid. And everybody wanted to fucking know Kung Fu again. The black and red color scheme. So he has the whole Shadow the Hedgehog thing going on. Yeah, before Shadow the Hedgehog. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, exactly. That's kind of there. Even though I'll say this. Okay, even though he's Asian, like, I was almost thinking, like... If he was, like, Native American, he could almost been, like, that would have been, like, a nice connection to, like, the Natives in Neverland. And that's about my only slight complaint to Hook. And I've said this, oh, like, throughout the years. It's like, I always kind of wish they had the Native Americans in there. I always thought that was kind of... I know why they took it out, because that was at that time period where Native Americans were doing, like, their, like, Native American fight the power thing. So it's kind of like, oh, that's a touchy subject. You know what I mean? Like, people might find that kind of, like, racist. Maybe where if he made like, it out alive, then it would have been not as bad. Well, no, not necessarily that part. I don't think that would have been fine. I don't think, I'm not saying that would have been racist, but I feel like Steven Spielberg was like, I don't want to touch the Native Americans. We'll mention them. Not like, you know, they existed, but, you know what I mean? We're, we're just not going into that subject. And then I think that technically, like, nowadays I feel like you could do fine because I think that was that period where it's like, oh, you know, Natives, you know, they, they lost everything and everything's gone. And then it's like, now it's like, oh, they got casinos now, so now they're actually living life better than every other person in America. So it's kind of like, well, kind of... Yeah, there's, you know, at the moment, if you just compare us all together, who's doing best? Just saying. Just saying. <laughs> so, but at that time period, because remember they had, like, all those, like, it was, like, that was a time period where they had, like, all that, like, Native American, like, stuff kind of going on and all the merchandise. And they had, like, a handful of, like, here's an all-Native American cast movie, which, like, you never see that anymore. Like, what happened no. to those films? But I well, remember there was a handful of them back then. Well, there's all, and that's also, I think, maybe, was that before or after when people started, like, uh, protesting the Redskins? Around the same time? Uh, I don't think that happened. That that was probably way later. The funny thing too about that though is the the Redskins is like you know who invented the, or who who drew that and created the character Native Americans. Yeah, I think that's the funniest. It's like such like a white knight thing. But um, no, like but you know it's like okay, Dances with Wolves is a perfect example of everybody being kind of obsessed with Native Americans once again. And then that kind of I remember because a, a Native American guy told me that he's like you can't sell stuff to like you can't sell native stuff to white people anymore. They just don't buy it anymore. I'm like it's probably due to the casinos. I yeah. think that put kind of like a sour spot. In people's mind, where they first they felt like, oh, I gotta support the cause. Now they're like, yeah, they're doing better than me. I don't gotta support anything. They get a free check every month. I don't get that. I was uh, kind of surprised though. Maybe I mean, maybe it's because I didn't even think of it. But maybe that's the reason we didn't see Tiger Lily or any of the other stuff in the movie. 
Well, I just think it was just it was just a touchy subject for some reason. I think at that time period, it was, it was just Native Americans was a touchy subject that I felt like Steven Spielberg's like, nope, let's just not go with that. Yeah, which is yeah. sad because I like Tiger Lily. I think is an awesome character, but it's almost like. Like you know what I mean? I just think it'd be really funny if like everybody shows up like the mermaids are like, Peter, you're back. Tagler's like, You're back. How about you gonna pay for this kid here? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm like everybody's kinda like He says, Well I'm a lawyer, just, so no, uh, I can wiggle my you way know, out. Like, of all this. The mermaids are like, What about all our mermaid children you created? It's just like that's the real reason why Peter fucking decided to leave that day. He's like, Oh fuck. One, one day I woke up and all these fucking like girls were coming up to me with their children saying that I created this. They're these gross little like creature from the Black Lagoon things like bah, bah. like oh yeah that's how mermaid babies start off they don't they don't get hot until they're like sixteen. Yeah, and since they're but like half human half mermaid babies are all fucking weird and disfigured. Literally a creature from the Black Lagoon. That's how they're created. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> when a man fucks a mermaid, a creature from the Black Lagoon comes. Did you? I won't go. I won't say if I won't go into that. Did you see the newest Rick and Morty? Rick and Morty. No, I haven't seen Rick and Morty in a long okay, time. I'm all, okay, well, newest one, there's a part where he's just like, we're going back to Atlantis, get that mermaid puss! <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> but um, uh, this but uh, this right here, I think, they, I uh, actually kind of read somewhere that uh, Spielberg had a lot of trouble filming this movie because apparently a lot of the kids are really misbehaving and kind of like acting up and not giving the performances he wanted. And I can totally see that because... There's the one part when he, uh, when, God, which part is it? There's one part where, uh, where all the kids, they're like, oh, he's a stupid fat old man. But then the couple kind of stick up for him and stand by his side. Mm-hmm. And then when one of them turns to him, it took me, I had to rewind two times, but there's one kid who says, like, welcome back, Panda Man. I'm like, what, what the fuck did he just say? Then he says, welcome back, Panda Man, which that has to let me believe. If that's the take you went with, how many other takes went before that? How yeah, many times exactly. Are... All right, Timmy. One more time. He acted so fine, so perfect when we were doing you know casting calls, and then this is what we get. Well, when you and we're that... already fucking over budget, so we can't fucking take him out. No way the studio is going to let us put another kid in. Plus, when you think about it, all right, take something like Goonies. You, you know, if you, if you get a bunch of kids together long enough, they're all just going to, like, bounce off each other and become just a bunch of little Tasmanian devils fucking shit up. Now, you could probably man- have managed that a little bit more with something like Goonies, where it's, like, six or seven kids. But this, it's, like, a bunch of children extras and then a bunch of side... Ca- a bunch of supporting characters. And then they're all actor kids. So... That's probably a whole army. It's probably got to turn... It almost had to turn like Lord of the Flies for like the cast and crew and all these children who were extras. And like, apparently like, the worst one of them all was Julia Roberts. That's what I heard. She They called yeah, her like, Tinker Hell. Yeah, they, she just said like everything... She, like, she had problems. Sometimes she didn't show up. She said she was always in like... She, one time she was at the hospital because she checked herself in because she was having like issues and paranoia or whatever the fuck. And technically, I guess she was only like 21 when she was there. So she was pretty young, but... She was only 21? Like, okay. Yeah, because she was born in '67. The only reason I say this is because I was when I was flipping through on the, just like the you know like the cast of the movie on the DVD, I saw on there that Dustin Hoffman. It was like he was born in 1937. Jesus, really? I was like, I did not think he was that old. That means he was 30 years old in The Graduate. 
Like, really? That's crazy. Yeah, because I always assume he's like, oh, he's probably around 20, maybe 25 in The Graduate. So it's like when you hear 30 years old, like, Jesus Christ, I didn't realize he was that old. Mm-hmm. He aged And then well, I saw that yeah. Julia Roberts was born in 67, so that puts her at 21 when the movie's being made. But it's just like, yeah, it's like, because you always think of Julia Roberts, like, I, I never really heard, like, bad things about her. She was never, like, one of those actors. But I guess, like, like any young actress, they always generally seem to have some type of issue going on. Well, plus, she was probably just a huge bump. It was probably, I bet it was a combination of things, if I had to speculate. She probably just got really famous recently, probably coming off of Pretty Woman. Did this come out before or after Pretty Woman? I want to say Pretty Woman came out after, because I want to say that's, like, 92, but I could be kind of wrong. Well, and then I, the only thing she really had before this is she had Mystic Pizza, which that was like her first kind of big one. And then she had, I mean, she probably had a bunch of like little minor ones here and there, but I'm trying, I can't think of like a really big movie. Um, uh, fucking, what's the one of uh, Dolly Parton? That movie might have been right before this one, too. Steel Magnolias? Yeah. yeah. That might have been right before this. So but, uh, she's probably a young, upcoming actress, and then... You get it like you're gonna work with Steven Spielberg, Steven Spielberg, and then, you know, he's probably wrapped up with all the stu- with all the fucking kids and being stressed out like, why the fuck did I cast this many stupid fucking kids? This big budget, and then apparently, because most of her stuff, she's in front of a green screen on wires, so mm-hmm. she didn't really get a chance to interact with anybody. So it was more like, yeah, it's great, just keep doing what you're doing, and they even had like an assistant there to constantly clean her feet. Since she was already always floating around up in the air. Yeah, exactly. It's kind of like... It's weird how some people... It's like, you're playing Tinkerbell. What's like the worst thing that's going to be about that? You know what I mean? Like, come on. Come on. And then that apparently she was going through a divorce stuff with Kiefer, Kiefer Sutherland or something like that. So that, I mean, yeah. that was played into it. So I could, I could see, you know, that being a combination of things right there. So she was apparently the worst. But at the same time, apparently, I, d- I just read somewhere that all the kids are really rebellious and rambunctious. And I could totally see that if you get a bunch of kids together. Especially when they all have, like, the ultimate, like, hangout with half pipes and fucking, you know, coconut helmets and all this shit. <laughs> no, yeah, totally. So I think... I think it is one of those ones, like, I, I see how it kind of happens. I think just that many children, it just can't be easy. You know, you get a couple children, like Jurassic Park, they're going to be fine. Because here's the thing, as long as children aren't combined with other children, they're mostly totally well-behaved. You know, you could take a really great child who, like, amongst adults, they're like, oh, my God, this kid's intelligent, he's smart, he knows all kinds of stuff. You throw him in with a pack of ten kids, next thing you know, he goes full retard. I don't know how it happens. It, it happens. Just, it does. It just happens. It's just, it's not even science. It's just, like... Children. Yeah, science as children. Um, No, there's also... I think, I'll be honest, I honestly... Even though this movie is all about, like, you need to connect to your inner child. You need to spend time. She gives a really good speech. The, 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 The mom gives a fantastic speech. Like, there's only so many years... This feel... This is... Because there are moments where it feels like a Spielberg movie. You know, that combination of, like sense of adventure a little bit just a little bit of horror and grand scale with a little bit of emotion as well there's that scene there's that scene where she's like telling him like what are you trying to do you we only have so many years where your children always want to be around you and you're pushing away in a few years they're going to want nothing to do with you and i kind of like them how the movie stopped and said that yeah, and they're going to fight for their attention. Yeah, that, that, that was a really good point. And then there's other scenes where just like, now we got the egg rocket launcher. <laughs> like, yeah, fight the pirates. And this one shoots, this one shoots like, uh, jawbreakers. 
Like, yeah. it was, I'll say this, like, I imagine, like, oh, look, that's so cute. These kids got jawbreakers, and you just see, like, some, like, flying kid, like, busting into a candy store, like, shaking down, like, a fucking old-timey, like, can- like candy store owner, like, where's the fucking jawbreakers? <laughs> like, flying off the ground, throwing them across the room. <laughs> yeah, just a bunch of lost kids fucking running in, like, causing a ruckus. Could be a, like could be an opening for a horror film, just like all these flying kids, like masks, like just they're not going for the money, they're just going for all the candy, and just like, like you know, like cut us through, what? Just like no one could never know, and they fly away. Well, these Lost Boys are pretty much shit. Like, that's what Jack the Ripper maybe was. A Lost Boy, like Peter Pan. No one ever fucking found him. <laughs> exactly. Maybe we just went back to Neverland. Yeah, shit. It was just Peter. He's out on a binge. He's like, I was on a hooker binge, and I got into like killing them and shit. <laughs> They were just like, oh, you can fly? Oh, shit, she knows. Slab. You know, they, they, they always thought it was like a doctor because of how precise he was. Well, it's like, once you kill enough pirates, you know, you kind of just learn some things. Like, we, we used to drag them back to our fortress and, and, like, take these pirates apart just to see how they worked. <laughs> I'll be honest, the Lost Boys don't even seem like... I'll be honest, they don't... I, I think the movies and the stories give them too much credit because I don't think they would be that much better. You get a bunch of children, not educated, drop them on a fucking island, give them swords and sticks and rocks. You think they're going to be that organized and pan together that well. I mean, no pun intended there. But band together that well and work together and just like, I mean, I I doubt there's even like a porta potty. They just got like probably a corner of a room where people just take a shit. When that thing over they, they probably just fling them off the edge of the cliff because they're like live, literally living cliffside. So they just probably like spread cheek, bend over, and just go. <laughs> Peter, down like a missile. Yeah, like right. Or maybe they they all store it. Maybe just to add insult to injury, they store it in a bag and leave it for fucking pirates and like peg them with it. Yeah, Peter flies over the pirate ship in like broad daylight. It's just like I'm like a B twenty five bomber. That's like what children would do, though. Like literally, it's almost like this. This story is almost like Dennis the Menace, where it's just like it's a bunch of like children like terrorizing adults at the end of the day. And it's like we think of the pirates being the bad guys, but no, but the pirates are probably just your you know your average like we all go to work, you know we hate our jobs, and next thing you know, we're at the bar, and of course these children come in and fucking try to fight us every day. It's just like, I can only imagine, like... They don't even got a fucking job, these kids. They don't even know how it is to be out there in the real world yet. I just want to start up my business. I just want to, like, they all start... They are all originally started as something else, but slowly became pirate just because these shitty fucking tribal kids just coming in fucking shit up. Yeah. <laughs> And we're pirates, you know, we're starting to, we, we want to get a business here, and the only reason we're fighting Indians is we're just sick of the natives, too, not speaking our pirate language. <laughs> it's like, okay, <laughs> Captain Hook, you, you can come down that part. <laughs> He's like, well, you know, I'm just saying. You I'm know just, it is being a pirate. Uh, that was, uh, I was going to say, did you actually, funny enough, you know who uh, the pirate was who was like, I want those boots, give me those boots. Yeah, isn't that, that that's the one that's, because uh, there's tons of cameos in this movie. It's Jimmy that's Buffett. That's the one. It's who? Jimmy Buffett. Oh, yeah, that's Jimmy Buffett, yeah, because there's Jimmy Buffett, and then there's, like, literally, um, fuck, it's, um... There's a George Lucas, Carrie Fisher cameo, a couple kids. Yeah, there's that one, and then there's Phil Collins, and then there's David Crosby as one of the pirates, too. David Crosby was one of them? Yeah. And then there's, um, and then Glenn Close, which, I mean, I knew that one already, but she plays, like, that pirate that gets thrown in the box with the scorpions. Oh, Okay. Which and is, then, that's kind of cool. It's just like, oh, yeah. It, it, with the second that you, somebody kind of tells you that, you're like, oh, yeah, that's totally a woman. But, like, if you do, at first, you don't think anything of it. 
Mm-hmm. And then it's also like even like Gwyneth Paltrow is also in it too as like the teenage what? Wendy. Yeah. It's like Peter, you're back again. And it's like it's like yeah, you know, um, where have you been the last year? Oh, well, you, you know how it is. Mermaid life, so. I remember back. I found when, another window to kick in for like the last six months, but I remember like, we, like we, Peter we, just kicking in windows too. Like it's not <laughs> like he opens them slowly; he just like comes up and just full on kicks the hinges off and everything. I don't even imagine him just being kind of like flat, floating there all mystically. Like it's almost like he's just kind of standing there, like in midair, with like a whiskey bottle in his hand. No, no, like no real force. Just boom, just kicks it open like very lazily. Just kind of walks in, but floating kind of like, uh, where's she at? Where you home? Yeah. I, I picture um, almost Peter like that. Um, oh, what's his name? That comedian. He has that. I'm drawing a blank on his name, but he has that skit of like, I just want to go up and kick people's doors in, like not steal anything, but just kick the fucking door in, so that when they get home, they're like, What the fuck did they steal? What's wrong with that? <laughs> like I just picture Peter doing it like that, where he's just like kicking in random doors <laughs> and he's just gonna go, I had nothing in this one, and then goes to the next one, so that every like morning somebody wakes up, they're like, Why the fuck is the door kicked in? What's gone? What's gone? Like, there's somebody had to break in, you know what I mean? Nobody would just kick this door in off its hinges. I feel like, um, that, uh, we, we, there's at one point in time we were talking about, we never went through with it. We're, we're, you're getting kind of hints of it now. We were talking about making our dark and edgy, like, overly brooding, overly dark, incredibly misogynistic, intentionally, uh, uh-huh. Peter Pan movie, and it's just like we're getting ready to go to war with the pirates. I need to go back to Earth, and just flies out into space, and it's like the, through the and belt he comes holes. down like a fucking meteorite, like when Sonic the Hedgehog falls in it, like Sonic Adventure uh-huh. too, like and he like starts to catch on fire. It's just like Peter's coming down like that, and like whenever like the opening credits, it's him just flying, like looking at the camera, dun, dun, mean mugging, dun, dun. blasting through asteroids, like Metallica's for who the belt hold is playing. <laughs> I know. Well, it's one of those ones, like, I'll say this, like, I actually think that Peter Pan is one of, like, those, like, really fucking awesome stories. Like, I would be so, like, I would love to be able to, like, create stuff in the Peter Pan world, which you might almost be able to now. I think it's, like, I think it's public domain. Yeah, so, fuck, we could almost create something cool like that. Maybe we'll do a, that. That is something, because it's, like, I don't know, it's, like, I actually just like that, like, the idea of Peter Pan, I think, is fucking amazing. And I think, because you know what it is? It's literally the proto of something like a last action hero or something almost, which is funny because that's like only a couple years later. Or even, you know, um, Forbidden Kingdom and that kind of style of like, hey, you get to go into this world that has like all your favorite stuff, which obviously for that guy at the time period, I guess, I think about it. When that guy was writing it, like in what well, came out in like 1911 or whatever, but beforehand, it was like, well, when I was thinking of being a kid, being awesome to be a kid, you had no fucking rules. You could fly wherever you want. You never got old. You fought pirates because that was fucking badass. And you went over and banged natives on, like, the side. You were the ultimate rebel back then in the fucking 1800s. <laughs> you were like Brad Pitt and, like, uh, a river flows through it. Or runs through it. You know what I mean? The whole town gave you shit for having, a, like, a Native American wife, but you said, fuck it, whatever. Do what I want. I'm pitting it up. <laughs> you beat me too, and I was just about to say that shit. <laughs> so it's like, well, that's why I just picture, like, obviously that guy, like, that, that must have been, like, what he considered, like, the, the most perfect lifestyle. I, uh, well, what was I going to say regarding this? Uh, there's actually, this actually, because this, this whole movie's all about, I was going to say earlier, this whole movie's all about, you know, go back to your inner childhood, be a child again, embrace it, don't stop with all this dumb adult shit. Where, being more, being an adult now, I can't help but kind of look at it like, 
kid's being fucking annoying, man. <laughs> you know? It's just like one of those things, like, when he loses his shit on his kids when he's having that, like, conversation, the wife comes in and says, no, I'm not going to deny, that's a, that's a good speech, but wrong moment, because it's one of those things, because even as the kid's getting more annoying, the camera yeah. is lowering down, the kid's shadow is getting bigger and bigger, just like this constant annoyance to him. And he's just uh-huh. like, will you get him out of here? Will you just shut up? Ex- quit being a goddamn child! It's just like, yeah, kid, you're banging a fucking baseball against a fucking window when you're on a fucking plane. I'd be fucking pissed, too. Yeah. And there's that whole part where he's just like, Peter, you need to calm down. They're your children. They love you. They want to love you. He's like, do you do you like that we're able to come to fucking England whenever you want? Do you like living in a fucking three-story house? Do you like that shit? Okay, let me make this fucking phone call. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, it's, it's like most ones. Like, I'll say this: these are those kind of kids. Like, they're not nearly as bad as like other movies that have some kids in War of the Worlds. Pure, yeah, War of the Worlds that are pure terrible. But at the same time, like, dude, I totally get the wrong one. Saying it's like, I don't know what it is. Like. Sometimes there's always those kind of kid things where it's like, but daddy's just not there for it. It's like, yeah, because do you know why you like the fucking lifestyle you live? It's because daddy has to work his fucking ass off so that you can enjoy this. Daddy literally has to kill other people's businesses so that you can have food on the table. <laughs> literally, there is families that are losing their jobs just for you. There is a guy now. He's down at the welfare line because so you can have fucking food on your table. <laughs> How about you scene. go and join him at the welfare line? <laughs> I, you know, because like speaking of close encounters, because that's how we sort of started this off. I could see fucking Robin Williams going back to Neverland and never fucking come back. Like, there's that part like where he, once he finally figures out his power and everything like that, and Tinkerbell's like crying and everything. She's just like looking at like his like driver's license and Mastercard and everything like that. And you, and he's like, oh, I love being a boy again. It reminds me of all the good times. You know what I mean? It's like, you got to go save your kids. What kids? Peter Pan doesn't have kids. <laughs> I can just see him getting this point where it's like, fuck the kids. Let the pirates have them. <laughs> like, I'm going to be a boy forever. No worries. There no is bills. a big jump from kind of like, it's been a long time since I've seen this movie. But it's all come back to me. I'm like, was it only three days? Because what I, I was like, I, for whatever reason, it feels like it's almost a week or two weeks that he's training. But it's like three days. I think and, Neverland days are much longer, though, because... There's, there's even a moment where Captain Hook's like, ah, oh, three days. The time goes by so fast, which makes it feel like it was almost like three months. Because I'm assuming mm-hmm. that like, if it's Neverland, it's like you, you, don't, you rarely go to sleep. You know what I mean? It's like, it's like an all-nighter, but it's still daytime. Like Alaska. Yeah, it's like, it's like Alaska, probably. Except for like, when you go to sleep, it's like you go to sleep, and then you get to stay up for like another like, 82 hours or something. I don't know. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it's one of those things I just felt, I remember if, I remember it felt like when I... If you ask me to remember, how long is he training for? I'm like, I don't know. I think it's like a month, but it's like three days. Like, oh, shit, three days? Okay. And I will say, though, there is a point where he does go from, like, he almost does teeter-totter into, like, fuck my kids. I'm going to have invisible food fights. Yeah. Well, and it's one of those ones, like, I'll say this. By, by looking at his previous life, I can get it. I get it. If he was, like, close encounters and said, like, you know what? Fuck it. I like aliens. Apparently my family doesn't respect me. See you later. I'm going to space. Suck my dick, everyone. <laughs> Suck it. I, if they ain't up me, whatever. Better than my home life. <laughs> it um, just gets to that point where it's just like, you know what I mean? Because really, like this, that, that's why I feel like it's sort of a bittersweet ending. Is because there's something to be said about that it's not, like, it's one of those ones, like, he comes back to regular life, but it's not really exactly, like, perfect. I mean, yeah, it leaves off of that moral message, but. With Peter Pan, it's like, 
you know, they, they want to give you that, like, 90s feeling that's like, it's best to be with your kids, and that's the best thing ever. But realistically, it's like, that. yeah, in the real world, yeah, when you don't have a fantasy world like Neverland, that makes sense. But when there's literally a place like Neverland that exists, I don't know. I think it's a Close Encounters kind of thing. Well, he even comes around and says, like, he can't find a happy thought. Why? Well, because subconsciously everything here is so sad. Because, well, really, when you think about it subconsciously, yeah, it's sad because... This place is way better than his other life. But he comes around and says, like, my happy thought was my son. Yeah, exactly. It, it, and it has that warm thing. It's like, okay, I mean, like, I get it. There's, there's nothing wrong with that. But realistically, yeah. we all know it's like, when he had kids like this, kids, like, it's like, it's, yeah, he, he liked his kids. But I'm just say, like, there's obviously a reason why he didn't show up to his baseball game. Just going to say. Well, there's also. <laughs> it wasn't because he was, he, it wasn't because he was necessarily busy. It's because he just didn't fucking care. Yeah, well, you know, he seemed kind of like even when it happened, it wasn't. He didn't seem like he was like so upset. He's like, oh, all right, shit, okay, whatever. Mm-hmm. But well, they even brought in the whole aspect of like they're trying to do the whole thing. Is like the son is teeter tottering on like, does my dad really love me? With a little girl is all bright eyed and like, no, our parents love us. They're so nice. And the boy is like. I don't know. My dad didn't show up my baseball game. And he yelled at me for knocking a baseball against the window. And <laughs> a moving blowing, plane. And blowing bubbles in my chocolate milk. Me. <laughs> I, I thought that was like the weirdest line. It's like, literally, like, that's that's the worst thing that's happened. Like, yeah, yeah dad does fucking annoying. <laughs> What's the last one? Like, yeah, dad doesn't let me blow bubbles in my chocolate milk. It's just like. Really? It's more like, yeah, Dad doesn't let me use, like, the, you know, use the weed eater on his car. <laughs> like, it should be something, like, way more intense than, like, blowing bubbles in chocolate milk. Well, it's even, like, because the thing is, it's not like it's just, like, a quick little throwaway line. It's a thing, like, for every game you didn't show up to, like, smashes a clock. Every time you said you'd be there, but you weren't. Every time you yelled at me for being stupid, blowing bubbles in my chocolate mouth. Wait, wait what? That <laughs> yeah, one's so, up there with everything else. Okay, yeah, just like well, it's one. It's like oh, okay. It's just that sort of thing. It's like it's almost like we just kept going. Like for every awesome Christmas that he always like bought us, and for every time <laughs> we flew to England. Like cause, yeah, like everybody else is flying to England. Let's just say that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there's that. I, well, I like the part though where like Hooks like gives him the baseball game because that's like one of my favorite like parts in the movie where like you know he sets it off he's like oh this is all done to the boys' rules we're playing baseball his way and there's the part where the guy starts to steal second the guy's like hey stealing second and they just shoot him <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what it is that's always like hilarious well I feel like that this kind of movie I mean I, you know what I'm not sure if you would have that in a kids movie this day and age that might bump it up to a PG-13 I kind of like how in a PG movie you just kill a guy in cold blood no problem like we'll do Peter Pan's killing people too there's like like literally when he gets to the pirate ship he's like I've come here to save my kids and he's fighting off he stabs one pirate the guy just goes over and I looked at it I just watched that guy the whole time guy never gets up that guy's fucking dead. Yeah. <laughs> oh, what, but he's killing him. Yeah, he's, he's slashing fuckers left and right. But yeah. that's a, that's in a big action scene, so I can kind of get that. Even Star Wars, because there's that sense of like, okay, well, they're, you don't see their faces, and it's lasers, and PG is basically the PG you know, just scene from like, then. Like just screaming. You don't on see the a stormtrooper like with his entrails out. <laughs> like a giant hole in his body, like looking through it, like poking his finger inside, and it's coming out his back. 
You don't see, like, you know, a fucking Ewok with its, like, legs trampled from an ATAT crawling around the gr- ground. Like, one like, arm, like, fucking Terminator style. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, you don't have that. But it's like, Peter Pan, though, it's like, I will say, it actually feels like it's almost more violent than a lot of other things that I guess would be considered, like, a family movie. I think it's kind of interesting some things you can get away with then, and, I don't know, I think there's a vice versa. Like, I think that you can get away with, like, probably darker tones and more serious themes today, but back then you could probably get away with a little bit more violence in that aspect. Mm-hmm. Well, it's also, like, keeping a PG like, rating. Yeah, because, I, like, I can't remember. Is, is, is the, did you ever see that Peter Pan movie that came out, like, ten years ago? Or whatever. I, I couldn't finish it. I couldn't finish it. I, did I, it have, I saw all, all I want to know, though, is, is did it have Native Americans? I don't know. The new one, what the Native Americans were, what they, they weren't they were Native Americans. They were just the tribe. And basically, just it was just... Spear checkers is how they were. <laughs> just on a reservation, running a casino. <laughs> yeah, very stereotypical. Lily's just got, like, a suit on everything. Like, Peter, you came back here to gamble. It's just like, you know you have an excruciating debt here. They were trying. To, they really were trying to do that thing where whitewash it, but at the exact same time try to piss nobody off because it wasn't like they were Native Americans. They were just a tribe of multicultural people, and all oh, their their whole look. It didn't really even look like oh, it's a Native American look. They, it looked like adults' arts and crafts. Like they had like ball, <laughs> like bright, bright, like colored, like cotton balls, macaroni the- necklaces. Not far off, yeah, yeah. It, it kind of looked like that. It was all like bright purples and blues, and it when they died, they just explode in like a puff of like blue smoke or orange smoke. So they're trying not to piss anybody off. And Tiger Lily was played by uh, Rooney Mara, I think. So uh, the girl, the dra- girl with the dragon tattoo. It was played by her. Oh, that's great. So yeah, just somebody who's like not even like close. And so it was kind of like doing that thing of like whitewashing, but everybody can come in and not be Native American. <laughs> so it was like, so it was like this weird kind of, it was, I'll be honest, Pan was not good. It was, it, they have this weird scene where, because they, they do this, they, the whole joke we have about pirates coming, or about, um, about Pan coming in and stealing children, that's what the pirates do. The pirates come in in a flying ship, they take kids, mm-hmm. and then they fly off Neverland, and then he has this whole, it's not actually Hook, because Hook's a good guy in this. It's their friends. You can totally, you can see the way this movie's going. Like, oh, I smell a sequel. And when <laughs> they actually, Blackbeard's the villain. He's kind of like, he's played by Hugh Jackman. He's proto um, Hook. And there's this part, and it happens multiple times. There's multiple different songs, but like, uh, there's this part when they're coming into like this mining area where he has all these kids working. The kids are almost getting brainwashed into his thought process of how he works. And they're singing this song. It's like hello, 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 hello. I'm just like, I'm just like, what is that? And I'm listening to the lyrics, and I'm like, it takes place in the 1940s, and these kids and adults are all singing in a choir to "Smells Like Teen Spirit." So odd, so weird. Yeah, and I then don't know it, what to say to that. That's. And then at some point, because I was watching it with our with our friends Jill and Wes, and we're just sitting there. What song is this? We're listening to the lyrics because when it's not Kurt Cobain's voice, it's one of those things like I know these lyrics. But then when you hear "Let the lights out," yes, it's dangerous. I'm like, oh no, no, this is such <laughs> a weird place for that. And then like like 
Blackbeard, like, he comes in, like, he's kind of singing the song lowly to himself. I, after watching Hook, I rewatched the scene, because like, did I remember that right? Was that a fever dream? Was I really drunk or something? I'm like, no, that actually happened, because I looked it up. Like, huh, and he I actually, just... he has this weird scene, he's kind of mummering to himself, like, lowly, and then he just jumps up and, like, on these rails, just, like, and he sings the main chords, what the lights out, with his hands out, doing jazz hands. It's like, okay... That's so odd. See, at some point like, they're like doing, some point they're doing the remote. And like, if, if we did a Peter Pan thing, but not in anything else, like, which I looked up the copyright for the Peter Pan thing. Apparently, the the play still has the copyright. Like, somebody fucking renewed that, like in two thousand six, but the novel doesn't. So, mm. but I think all it said is like, and I was just quickly glancing over it. It just said something like, "You just got to be careful of how you word some things," and that's about it. So, it's like, funny how that is, you know. So it's kind of cool. So it's like, oh, that means you pretty much can do it. That's awesome. And but, they uh, act uh, one more one other thing. Another song they do. I think there might be another one in there. But another one they do is I think it's Blitzkrieg bought by the Ramones. See, that's such like those are like always those like weird things where it's like somebody's trying to make it new and hip. And realistically, it's like that's I don't know if you're doing Peter Pan. I I just feel like. It's such a classic thing that I feel like you could... There's so much you could do with it, though. I just feel like Peter Pan stories could go, like, on for, like, ever if you really wanted to make it. There's so much opportunity there. Like, you don't have to have, like, exactly the traditional story, but then to throw those weird, like, modern things in there, I think's slightly odd. I don't know. Well, even without that whole scene I just mentioned, I mean, that already kind of gives you an idea of what the movie's like, but even without that whole scene, it's not a good movie. So, um... No, I like Hook. This movie, it's kind of, it's so weird because this was a movie, I mean, I can kind of see the dollar signs behind it and I can see some of the reasons why they did what it was, but I guess it's one of those things, when you see a movie as a kid and it's like really important to your generation, you assume that it's like a classic and everyone loves it. And then I look like, oh wow, this movie got a lot of hate from everybody that wasn't a kid back then. I don't know what it was, there's something, something about the, the generation that had kids in the 90s, they seemed to hate everything that was kid-oriented. I don't know why that is, because you think about all these movies that were, like, fairly cool, hip ones, like, that kids like, but for some reason, like, parents just fucking hated them a lot of times. Not all parents, but, like, you know, quite a few of that like, generation. It's like Hook and Last Action Hero, and, like, it's funny, because these movies all come back around, and now it's, like, Hook and Last Action Hero are looked, like, extremely fun now it's like they're I mean as I said like that last action hero and that muscle and fitness one it's like it was number three number three is the best Schwarzenegger movies of all time like I was like there we go it's coming back around or even like yeah there's just all kinds of movies like that I know Super Mario Brothers I was gonna say Super Mario Brothers but I know that's more like there's less Super Mario Brothers fans than you know I feel like I feel because people like just jump in like this does not look like Mario so I think even people who kind of grew up with it were mad about that yeah, where I guess you could say Peter Pan looks like Peter Pan, even though they almost feel like it's in similar, like, takes. But, mm-hmm. you know what's weird, though, I also think, too? Is you know how, like, in Wendy's house, all, like, the artwork on her wall is, like, pictures of, like, Captain Hook and, like, pirate ships and all that kind of stuff? And it's like... Why do you want a reminder? Yeah, why do you want a reminder? That's, like, literally, like, a, a Jewish guy that gets out of, like, a concentration camp, and he starts hanging up Nazi posters on his wall. Like, but maybe this was, was like, never forget. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's it's it comes to that point. Like we can't forget what these pirates did to the Lost Boys. She just kind of goes in there every night when no one in this empty house, with no one else, and just stands there in a rocking chair, just looking up at this picture. Like I beat you, you fucking cunts. <laughs> you Here fucking I twat. stand, you still fighting boys. 
And one day I will die. One day I will be in the ground. But you're in eternity. You're in self-made hell. Fighting boys. The boy I sent to kill you. You know, so... It's just like, like, knock the door. Oh, hello. Come in, children. <laughs> it's the orphanage here. Everybody loves me. I'm old Granny Wendy. <laughs> You ever think that maybe when Granny Wendy was just kind of setting kids up, like, yo, Pete, you slip me some of that fairy dust, I'll give you five. Like, shit, five. <laughs> throws like a bag of fairy dust at fucking, like, Wendy, she just pours it out and just goes like, punches <gasps> <gasps> like, the just fucking like, wall. <laughs> flying, like, goes Super Saiyan, flies up. <laughs> like, the Lost Boy's like, oh, God, Wendy's going Super Saiyan level two. She just, like, just takes her hair just gets I, like, I super love long and blonde. I even like the idea of her just like taking like a little off a key, you know, just a little off a key, just a quick little bump, like, like, <laughs> like, like she is very British and proper about it. And she says like, "I said I would never do this again." <laughs> I thought it was funny. I don't care. I know it was forced. <laughs> no, I still think that's pretty funny though. But yeah. It's also weird, like, too, it's, like, how Wendy even goes back. I mean, I guess Wendy's, like, one of the ones, like, you know, why, why would you ever go back to it? It's, like, I know it's, like, oh, I, but I miss my family. It's, like, yeah, but there's Neverland here. Like, come on, Wendy. I mean, like, shit. Yeah, I, I used to have a family, too. You don't hear me complain about that. Well, at the same time, it's, like, the whole thing, I guess it just seems kind of like a, to a certain extent, it just, it's got to seem, like, kind of like a hell on both sides. Guys, on, on, the, on the Lost Boys and the Pirates. From the perception of the Lost Boys, you're always going to be this age. You're always going to be super young. It's going to be fun. You think it's fun right now, but it's just like, you know, pre-puberty or middle or middle puberty. Just kind of like, I get boners. I don't know why. No one's here to explain this to me. And girls are gross, but I kind of like them. I don't know why. It's so stupid and confusing. Like, voices breaking, not knowing why. No one there to explain them. Getting fucking acne depending on when they got there, because they never age. And the pirates, they're never going to age, and it's just like, they're always there like, man, there's no fucking women, all we have are these kids. I mean, yeah, sure, the mermaids are hot, but there's... Well, there, there, there's, there's some women mermaid. in the pirate town. There is like, oh, you're right, there, there's like the four. <laughs> like the four yeah, women They don't, the they don't show a whole lot, so I'm not too sure what that means, but... Well, you know, they're, they're, pi- they're like, well, that's the other thing, though. If you're a woman in that town, how many jobs can you get? Really? Yeah, there's probably one job. Narrowed down to two. I don't need to say what they are. So, come on. And believe me, you want to be the barmaid. That's what you want to to shoot for. That's that's the high job. And to get a good job there, you don't... And be a woman in that town, you don't got to work twice as hard. You got to work, like, 15 times as hard. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. It's just all a bunch of pirates all day you're serving. Yeah. So, if you want... So, that's... It's really got to be... It's kind of like... You don't got anybody there really coming in, like, in their 20s or early 30s or anything. It's all people who are, like, either very young or very old. And, like, the Native Americans, like, oh, God, while these white people fucking our shit up. No, here's what I always get It's like, I wonder if the Native Americans age or anything like that. Because they had, like... If I had guess, they probably like, varying, do, like, you know, kind of... Pe- Maybe it's like, well, it's like, hey, we've been in the Neverland here so long that we've, like, our bodies have adapted... But for some reason, these alien outsiders showed up. <laughs> because of our, like, three moons, they don't age. <laughs> I, feel like, I feel like they probably do age, probably just slower. Yeah. 
It just because you know looked, the chief had a daughter. Like, yeah, you know, it's like I mean, he had a daughter, and it's like there was families and all sorts of stuff, and like the natives. So I'm assuming they probably it's not like, like yeah, it's only white people that don't age. Captain Hook are just like, super racist about that. This is like the black kid looks at Peter, but Peter, what about me? I don't know. Nobody's seen a black person here before. We'll find out. <laughs> yeah, just see what happens. <laughs> Shit, you guys are the brand new ones here. It's because of the 90s why you're here, I'm just saying. I mean, I don't want to be saying racist or anything like that, but I didn't see your asses back here in the 50s now, did I? <laughs> like, Peter, Peter, come down. He's like, what? I got the sword. I can say what I want. What you, <laughs> you guys got some... Most of you guys yeah, got us some fucking paintballs. <laughs> yeah, exactly. What are you gonna do? You can't overthrow me. I'm your dictator. I feel you like you know it's where you stand. Of... You stand under the boot of Peter Pan. <laughs> the other hovering above you boot that can come clamping down at any moment. He hears everything. He talks to the fairies. They tell him. <laughs> exactly. Really, like being I feel a lost like it's boy. one of those. Th- I feel like it's one of those things he kind of goes to children. This is like, hey, you don't like being an orphan. Oh, I'm sorry. You know what? How would you like to go to a place where everything is... You don't have to go to school. You can fly. There's fairies. There are mermaids. We'd go on adventures. Like, that sounds amazing. Yeah, just take my hand. Like a very Pennywise the Clown kind of thing. And then, like, takes him off. (laughs) Doesn't, like, bite the kid's arm off or nothing. But, like, takes him off to Neverland as soon as they get there. Here's your shit. Throws him, like, a fucking stick, and then she throws him, like, you know, like, what, what, what's this shirt? It's the shirt all war boys wear. What? You just got drafted, motherfucker. Get down. Give me fucking 20, or you're being fair to the fucking crocodile! And you know I hear him ticking! You know, at some point, too, like, one of the Lost Boys, you know what? I'm sick of all this pan's crap. You know what? We're not gonna take it anymore. We're gonna wait till he's asleep, and we're gonna try to go out there in the middle of the night, and then Peter Pan, like... He learns of this, and then he takes those guys out, and just, in the middle of the night, just fucking drops them off on the pirate ship. All the pirates just turn around real quickly, and just like, oh, I don't want to fuck a little boy. <laughs> he looks kind of feminine. Yeah, it's like the boys are running away, like, no, no! Because he's like, pirates are coming after him. I feel like each one's a little different. I feel and like Pan's well, just standing there, he, he looks at the Hook, other. and he's just like, Hook, that gives us two more weeks. <laughs> <laughs> That's how they get their weird mutual respect for one another. Yeah. Pan sacrifices boys every once in a while to him. Well, just like one of those things, like, as like he as each one dies, he's telling the others. Like, it's down to the last one. He's like, look at him. They're just diving right in, aren't they? He's just, like, kind of narrating. The kid's gagged. Like, mm-hmm. It's like, shh, shh. Your time will come. Don't fight it. Don't fight it. <laughs> well, I bet you Peter would also do other things, too. Like, some Lost Boy guy starts... Showing that, like, hey, you know, like, why, why don't we all, why aren't we all equal here and stuff like that? He's like, well, let me come tell you, Timmy. We're gonna go talk next to this ledge out here. You Just knife him. <laughs> yeah, then tosses him over the edge, and then the fucking mermaids come up and bury him. <laughs> Or the mermaids just, they, they come up, they just look, it's one of those things, like, first they go hot, and they get sharp teeth, claws come out, just turn all ravenous, start, like, ripping them apart like a bunch of fucking piranhas. Yeah, exactly. Well, because you know at some point, like, because here's the thing, it doesn't matter, any group of boys, if there is one guy who proclaims himself as the leader, at some point there's going to be a coup. It is just bound to happen. There is no, that does not work, you know, unless you just got a bunch of kids that are just like, boy, I'm so grateful Peter lets me come over to his house and play his cool video games and he's got everything I need and nobody else wants to be my friend. Unless he's got a bunch of those kids there, somebody's going to be like, you know what, fuck this Peter guy. Because that's just I how feel, kids work. 
I feel like there's a possibility that whenever one of the, one of the kids does do that shit, tries to throw a coup, he gives them maybe the option. He's like, okay, you get the crocodile or you get the fucking pirate dick. Which one do you want? Which one do you want? It's one or the other. <laughs> exactly. He takes him out. I think that's it. And then he makes an example of it maybe too. Let's them all see. Like, hey, Tiger Lily. I want you to show you something. It's like, it's like that whole scene had like Jackie Brown, like whenever whenever he brings in a new one, like, "Hey man, come on back. I want to show you some shit. Just so you know what you're in for." And like, just who's that? Like, that was. <laughs> There's just a car out there too for some yeah. reason. This opens it's the a treasure chest. It's a treasure. <laughs> <laughs> Who is that? That was Marbles. Who is Marbles? An employee I had to let go. Yeah, a lost boy I had to let go. He got too lost, if you know what I mean. <laughs> I don't know what it is, but it's like that's my thing. Is I feel Peter Pan just has all these elements and everything like that. And, and here's the thing: it's like Hook. I remember like when seeing it back in the day. Cause I didn't get to see it in theaters, but I remember yeah. renting it. My my parents rented that in Wayne's World in the same day. So that, I, watched, <laughs> I remember distinctly watching those two movies at the same time. And it's probably like 1992 by that point, because you all know it took like a year for a movie to come out on video by this point. Mm-hmm. But um. And it's like, that's, I, I literally, I can remember it like, it was not yesterday, but I can remember back in time to watching Hook, exactly where I was, the type of TV I was watching it on, and then watching Wayne's World afterwards. I remember for Christmas when, when this movie came out, I actually got the, I, I was so surprised, it's not about you, but when it came to collecting action figures, I was so rare, at least back when I was younger, I, I, I feel like it was so rare I'd ever come across the main character, and if it was the main character, it would be uh-huh. some weird variant, like Batman in a flamethrower parachute outfit, or yeah. like, or like you know, or like Snow Batman with fire, like with, with, with fire jet skis or something, or something. Yeah, and, I, and I never want the variants. I could never figure that out. It's like... Like, how many kids out there really want the variants? Because I never want the variants. Like, like when I found a regular-looking Batman, I was so excited. Yeah, and, like, it's one of those things where... I think now, I think that's... Well, first off, now they make adults... Now they make action figures for adults. I think people just, like, I just want the main one. I don't need the variant, you know? I think that's why we see so many just regular ones and not variants anymore. But um, on top of that... Um, I remember I was like so surprised, like, oh my god, it's I saw like the hook lettering, I'm like, oh hook, I'm like it's Peter Pan. I was actually so, so surprised I actually had the Peter Pan one because I was not ever used to having the main character. And then I had Hook as well. So I'm like, okay, I got the two I got the two you need. Everything else is because it always seemed like a little offset, like, oh, you know, I got uh, Luigi and a Goomba. Or <laughs> yeah. it, would, it would never be like the whole ones you need. Or like, oh, it's Iggy and Koopa. Right. See, okay. I also remember like the, I can't remember if it was like whatever like place they had, but they had like the Happy Meal toys from either Burger King or something or another. I remember like the Rufio one because he was on like the little sled thing. And I can't remember, I can't remember if it was one of those ones if you pulled it back and then it like shot forward or what, but I remember having that one. I remember that one distinctly more than anything else. I, can't, I couldn't tell you what the other ones were. Wasn't there one where, maybe, I think there may have been one of Smee where it was someone in like a, Green inner tube that you like squirt like squirt water. It was, oh, I think it that's right. I do remember that one now. Now that you mentioned that, and I don't even know where that came. From. Oh yeah, he was, was was he in the inner tube at some point? I want. I don't. I think it was just some shit. Like, well, what, what are we gonna do for Bob Hoskins? Fine. Fuck. I don't know. He he's fat. Throw him in an inner tube. Uh, you, know, you know how fat people are. They can't swim. Or it was, like, it was made to look like a raft. Or maybe it was like, just some random lost boy. I remember there was some character 
in like a green looking raft thing that would squirt water. Like one of those simple, put it underwater, squeeze yeah, it, fills up, sucks squirt in it. water, shoot it. Yeah. Now, did you ever play the Hook video game? No, I never did. Dude, I kid you not, it's one of the coolest, like... See, when, this is one of the many things when people tell you that, like, oh, movie video games are always crap. It's like, dude, I, there were so many great ones, and Hook was one of those examples of, like, it was a totally fucking awesome game. It was made by Sony's company before PlayStation, like the Sony Interactive or whatever, mm-hmm. they got the little feather. And you mm-hmm. can get it on either Genesis, Super Nintendo, or Sega CD, which... Sega CD was definitely the best version if you could get that, but Super Nintendo probably second best from there. And that game was so much fun. It was like, you know, you pretty much what happened is like, you know, you, you come to the level and then you'd be like Robin Williams and then he would turn into like, you know, buff looking Peter Pan. And then you'd go through the level that way and you had your sword and everything like that. Wait, so like if you got, so you'd have to kind of like earn enough points so suddenly you get the green outfit to be able to fly? Uh, no, you always had the green outfit on. But, like, when you landed, he would, like, transform. And then when you died, I think, he, like, turned back into Robin Williams. Mm, So, and then, like, the the fly, there'd be parts where, like, Tinkerbell's floating over and she'd have, like, fairy dust. And you'd get into it and you'd be like, boop, 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 boop. And your power bar would go up and you could fly for a bit. Mm -hmm. But, um, no, that game was so cool. And then it just had the exact soundtrack from the, you know, the movie. So it had, like, the dun, 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 such a cool game. And yeah, the first level, you know, you're fighting the Lost Boys, it's like that one. You know, it's one of those ones that they extend every scene into big levels, but you gotta kind of do that. Well, that's what happened back when, like, in, like, a, when you made a movie off of, like, a video, a video game off a movie, because it would be a scene, like, one guy got punched at a bar, and that would be a whole giant, well, not just a boss fight, that would be a whole level. Whole level. Whole level. You know, or sometimes there'd be no action, and it's a whole level. Mm-hmm. You know I mean? Like, there's a, I think of Goldeneye, there's that one level where it's, like, literally... 007 just has a conversation with, with um, I want to say Big Russian. Yeah, Big the Big Russian, Russian guy. That full-on level now. <laughs> full-on 007 level in the game. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, the hook one's really cool. And as I said, yeah, it's a total awesome platformer. You know, and it's got like six or eight levels or so, and it's, you know, you go throughout Neverland or whatever. And But, yeah, well, perfect example of like video game movies done really well back in the day. Mm-hmm. We actually didn't really... Despite what the movie's about and what it's named after, we barely talked about Dustin Hoffman as Hook or Bob Hoskins as Shmi. I know, it's kind of sad, too, when you just mentioned Dustin Hoffman's age and how, like, how mind-blowing that was. Mm-hmm. No, and that's one of those ones, like, I think Dustin Hoffman have it. It's like, that's a really cool choice. I like Dustin Hoffman a lot. It's interesting to think, though, that David Bowie was asked first to do it or whatever. Yeah, which I could totally see that. We'd probably get another David Bowie song out of it. Yeah, there probably would have to be, like, some type of musical number, but... And we, really enough, as I think that... Steven Spielberg, when he was thinking about this movie originally, like in 84, he was going to have it be a musical, and he wanted Michael Jackson to be in it. Now, I don't know if Michael Jackson was going to be Peter Pan oh. or what. Not. Oh, he was definitely Peter Pan, yeah. Yeah. Or at least or at least Rufio, at least. Yeah. Yeah, but there was a Rufio okay, Even though, well, Michael Jackson loves Peter Pan, so I could have seen him being Peter Pan. What if Michael Jackson was like, no, I want to be Hook. I want to kill little boys. <laughs> <laughs> oh, none of us saw that coming. All right. <laughs> No, not, not the pirate rapey part. I didn't want to tie that together. Now that sounds horrible now that I use that. I didn't want to use those kind of jokes, but... <laughs> but no, I, like, I could have saw that, but it would have been like a musical. probably would have been like, um... Oh, what's the the Wizard of Oz one he's in? Um, oh, uh, The Wiz. The Wiz. Yeah, it would have been probably something, like, I guess like that, I'm assuming. But, um... No, it's just, yeah, and, like, Dustin Hoffman is just one of the ones, like, he just chews the scenery in this one, like, nobody's business. And I think by having Dustin Hoffman and Robin Williams, like, that's, like perfect example of like could you get like a, two bigger guys to like do all kinds of stuff well really at the time though Robin Williams probably wasn't like humongous yet because 
he'd only done like a handful of movies and like you know he was in TV shows and stuff but I, mm-hmm. this is almost like his first kind of like well I think the Fisher King came out right before this and well there was Good Morning Vietnam so there, there was a couple kind of big ones right before here so you know he was still a pretty big name by this point he also this actually make, make it kind of sad for me I'll come back to the, Dustin Hoffman I just want to mention this before I forget apparently I, I read maybe maybe it's I've been updated since then. Since um, Robin Williams died, uh, uh, Spielberg can't bring himself to finish the movie because every single time he starts watching the movie, because apparently, because after this movie got made for a while, he's like, I kind of regret making this movie just because it was just so much work dealing with all these kids and then Julia Roberts. So I just can't, I, I did not have fun making this movie, but at least I had to meet Robin Williams and he was a good friend of mine. So, and then cause he became really close after well, making this. And apparently, um, they became almost best friends after this movie. And so mm-hmm. now he can't bring himself to finish this movie. He said, apparently I read somewhere. He apparently breaks down crying like halfway through the movie. So, yeah. And I mean, I kind of see that. And it is kind of one of those ones that's like, yeah, I think sometimes like the experience, because like the movie itself comes out really good, but I think just when you have a bad experience making a movie where it's like not everything's really going, it's going over budget, you've got producers yelling at you probably, telling you, what the fuck's wrong, Steven? Thought you were the well, spiel. Thought well, you were the, the Spielberg. Yeah. <laughs> well, at the same time, though, this is one of those cases, probably not to the level of a Blade Runner, not that, but... but um. Because if you look at this movie, uh, I, I, I do not take Rotten Tomatoes that seriously, but just for the hell of it, I looked. And as the critic score from when the movie came out has a 30%. Now, audience score, you know, which is anybody that goes on there and says, I like this movie, has like a 70 or 75. So yeah, Real people say 75%. <laughs> fake yeah. people say 30%. <laughs> exactly. So it's one of those things, like, it's kind of like a mall, a better example, probably a mall rats. Hated when it came out, but then you realize, oh no, it found its audience later down the line. Yeah, exactly. And I think, yeah, it's one of those, I wouldn't say hated probably, because, you know, I, I think a lot of grown-ups, like, a lot of grown-ups just... probably hated it when it came out. Because like, yeah, they're probably just sitting there, arms crossed, like, yeah, fuck that kid. He can break, break that fucking window, kill everybody. <laughs> Yeah, it's probably, probably hard for her. It's like, I don't understand this. If I, if I was Robin Williams, I would have stayed in Neverland and married fucking Tinkerbell. That's, that's, my, that's my ending, damn it. <laughs> well, they also, they, they got to get the whole point across. Like, I think most of the times, like, they're, they're like, well, how are we going to give Hook a chance to shine? Because it's really, it's called Hook. And they realize, you know what? We actually, what if we have him interacting with his kids the whole time? That idea he's trying to turn the kid against him, which I'll say honest, that kid has a bad case of Stockholm Syndrome within three days. It didn't take that long at all. Remember, they're three long days, though. Do they say it's three long days? Or do they don't they, say they're, they're that, assuming? but it just, it's kind of, it feels like it's implied. Uh-huh, all right, whatever. Like, I don't think it's well, like three, like, normal, you know, American days. Three <laughs> American days. No, but it's, it's one of those or things. three normal still. British days. Okay, so you got maybe, what, a week compared to, I don't know, your whole fucking life? I don't know, it's like, I guess, maybe it's one of those ones like Hook's kind of like, it's like hanging out with, like, Slash or something like that. Maybe this kid's just like, yeah, this is fucking badass. <laughs> Seventh thing for dinosaurs, he's got a thing for, like, crocodiles. Pirate. <laughs> and pirate stuff. But, you know, as well as, well, it's a pirate. I think, too, like a kid, you know, like, kids always look up the pirates. I don't know why that exactly, I don't know really how that exactly works out, because this really seems like the worst Im- influence you can kind of have, but children just love pirates. Well, it's at the, I think it was also at that point in time. Well, I love, it's the the funniest contrast is like when Cartman found heard about the pirates in Somalia in South Park. He's just like, "Shoot me timbers, we will have a good time, yarg!" Going down there's just a bunch of poor people just trying to like, like machine fight guns to trying to survive. Yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> but yeah, it's just that kind of glory thing. It's kind of like I don't know what it is. Something about kids just love like very like murderous kind of creatures, pirates and T Rexes and. I think it's just, like, one of those things, like, it's just kind of like that. I'm not even sure if it would still be a pirate's thing today, but I guess that whole, like, adventure, free to do what you want, because they'd all have to make pirates out to be rock stars in these movies, and really they're just a bunch of, like, rapists and just, like, diseased Murderers. criminals. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Guys Thieves. on a boat that have, like, you know, that have, have opium addictions and just have probably, like, several kinds of venereal diseases. Yeah. And just, just literally like... their skin rotting away because they have all been eating fucking bread and drinking rum. And fucking each other all day and night. Yeah. So it's, it's a weird thing. It's like, yeah, that's what my... I want my kid to dress up as a pirate because of that. You know It's I mean? probably like stories like Treasure Island and Peter Pan yeah. where people kind of find pirates interesting. Yeah, and it's like one of those ones. It's kind of like cowboys, too, because you really think it's like... You know, you take like a real cowboy, and it's like, oh, well, you know what that means? It means you're going to work hard on the ranch, and you're going to rustle up these cattles and bring them on in. It's like, well, that doesn't sound like fun. Where's the part where I'm riding into town and shooting people up, you know, and going to the bar and kicking down the door and everything? It's like, oh, well, that doesn't really happen now. That's, that's you know, that's just an outlaw thing that's kind of blown out of proportion. And really, most of those guys are just, like, fat drunks that kind of start shit with other guys in the bar. Yeah. Could have, they end up shooting themselves in about f- one year of doing yeah. this. <laughs> so it's just that kind of like I don't know. You, it's kind of like you glorify sometimes certain things that realistically, probably if you're there at the time, you know, like being Billy the Kid that one year or whatever the fuck he was running around doing that's like probably great until the very end. Or it's like Bonnie <laughs> and Clyde, great for those six months or whatever the fuck it was. As long as it lasted, it was probably fun. <laughs> exactly. So I think very it's just short. Those, it's that very small window, like where it starts off like this is fun, like oh shit. We didn't think of the long term in this. Oh, man. Yeah, we didn't think this is not going to pan out very well. And then it's like, you know, you show up, you're like, oh, okay. What's that? Oh, it's a bunch of police officers with machine guns. Oh, fuck. <laughs> they have those too? Fuck. But go <laughs> Shit, back, go I, back. Was, I was banking on that they just had six shooters. Like, you know, those old West ones portray. <laughs> <laughs> but go, going back to the Hoff for a minute. Because um, mm-hmm. he just really, he really chews up the scenery. And I think he does a fantastic job as Hook. And they kind of get that... I think they actually do a good balance of him being kind of a... Being the villain we know he is. At the same time, I'm not going to say he has enough heart because he likes Peter Pan, but he respects him as an enemy. So the part when he says, like... I mean, he wants to crush Peter Pan, but the part, like, he doesn't actually care about the kid. He clearly doesn't care about him, but he almost likes the kid in his own weird way. Uh Uh-huh. Like kind of the same one, you know, I mean, as much as he probably can possibly love somebody, he kind of likes that kid, because he's all, he says to the kid, like, my dad's not coming for me, he's just like, he'll come, he'll come, you know, almost he's re- reassuring him, kind of like, I'm, like, he's gonna kill the, he's gonna kill the dad once he gets there, but he's almost like, don't worry, your dad is gonna be here. Yeah, exactly, it's almost like he's leading him in, and the same part too, it's like, like, Hook's, like, Battle of Pure Pans is, like, the only thing that he has to look forward to. There's a point where he's like, you know what? <laughs> like, he almost goes to kill himself at one point. There's, like, suicide in a family movie, just mm-hmm. about. And, it, like, and if Smee doesn't stop him, he was about to, you know, shoot himself in the head. He's like, stop me. He says, don't stop me, Smee. Don't stop me. He's letting him. He's like, stop me. Stop, stop me. I <laughs> like, it's like, he's like, Smee, you were just going to almost let me shoot myself. What's wrong with you, man? <laughs> you saying, you sadist? <laughs> So they still have a little bit of humor in there. That's the thing. I, I think that he's way, even though he still does some of that goofy shit, he's way more sinister in this movie than he is in the uh, original Disney one. Yeah. 
And it's like that Disney one. I haven't. That's one of those movies like I've been wanting to watch it for a long time, but I haven't seen that one in so many years. Same thing here. I don't even have that one. It's like one of the few Disney movies I don't own for some odd reason. For as much as I like Peter Pan, it's surprising I don't have that movie. Well, it's weird. I think I think you like more like OG Pan, not as so much like the Disneyified version. Because I mean, even though I still enjoy that movie to some extent, I haven't seen it in years. Because there's there's some aspects like that follow the leader song. It's one of those things. I think back on like some of the character designs. I love the design of Captain Hook in that movie. Yeah, he looks and, like cool. the cr- and the crocodile and that whole thing. But it's like thinking back, like oh yeah, there's that whole follow the leader song. Yeah. There is, the, there is the. You can fly, you can fly, fly you can fly. fly. You can <laughs> eat some pie when you're flying, getting high. Don't just don't die. <laughs> try, try, try. Yeah, it does have like it's one of those ones like I I remember as a kid kind of watching the Peter Pan movie, going this is okay, but maybe it's also like kind of hook kind of raises the bar. I think. Mm-hmm. I think that's almost kind of like well, maybe like it more was hook probably. Like I, I I always thought that would have been cool is almost to have a Peter Pan remake, but done exactly in like the hook style. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I mean like literally just just do it like okay, this is pretty much like here's a prequel to Hook, you know, and it's just a Peter Pan one, but in the Peter but like in the hook style and everything like that. I'd like to see another one done eventually. I mean, let's give let's give it time because Pan happens. So let's let's give it time. But I would like to see one where I'm not saying like I mean don't get me wrong. If someone's come and said, guess what, R-rated Peter Pan movie. I'm like, I want to know what happens in that shit. Yeah. But I'm gonna be realistic here. It's probably not gonna happen for a while at least. So I'd settle for probably a more toned down, like maybe more a little bit more adventurous one. That I mean, they're, they're all about adventure, but I mean, something that's a little bit more darker. Because I remember seeing the parts of the one that came after Hook, and what I saw of it, I really didn't like. I just remember I tuned out, and it was like, I, I don't remember what entirely what happened. I couldn't finish it. It was just like one of those things, like, just some, like some, some girl lady comes in. It was like so, like... That story, a very, very storybook British thing going yeah, on. Yeah, you know what I mean? Kind of like, like the boring. Well, it's like you come. There's this part where like this lady comes in. I don't remember who the fuck this lady is, but she comes in. She lo- she's looking at Wendy, and she's all like, she's looking at her. She's like, says, "There's something in you. It's there, right there, in your eyes." And it's like, what the fuck is this shit? <laughs> yeah. And then at some point, you remember that that big uh, what? Beethoven dog. It's a Doberman? Is that what you call those? Or St. Bernard? No, St. Bernard. Bernard, yeah. Yeah. There's a part where one of the kids has to, like, remember, like, in the in the original one, it's like, oh, that's Nanny. That's Nanny. Oh, Nanny's in trouble. Oh, no. Um, yeah. The, one of the kids is all, like, riding the dog. It's all bad and CG. The dog stops, kid flings into the bathtub, like, well, Nanny. You know, I'm just like, oh, what the fuck am I watching here? See, you know, probably a good tone would be is if you had take the Pirates of the Caribbean one tone. Like, not, not, yeah. not the sequels, but the first one's tone. Well, that's the thing. Why do some people keep on going to these pirate movies hoping the next one's going to be better? Because the first one was so good, and they, like, none of them have it's been like as a, good It's as like a downhill slide. Not saying that they're bad, but it's just like, they just do not, like, that first one's like almost like a perfect movie, and then the rest of them are all like, they're enjoyable and fun, but they're just not, it's like, I don't know, they, they lost the magic somehow that, that makes them, like, really, like, good like that first one was. Well, that, well, the first one does a fantastic job of compacting so much. It's like some of those things like what a really good Disney movie does. Like, um, we'll, we'll make it about Peter Pan again in a second. But like Zootopia, that movie does a really good job of making a very like trim cut like film. There's no fat. It kind of gets the point across. 
uploads mm-hmm. a bunch of information, small little character details that get everything across without too much exposition and trying try to explain too much to you. Pirates of the Caribbean, the first one, does that exact same thing, but it's an adventure movie. It's mm-hmm. like one of those things where it just like it's very minimalist with its exposition and its storytelling, but it kind of gets. I mean, I mean, there's a lot of dialogue in the movie, but I mean the aspect. They don't have to spend time to explain who this character is, why this character acts that way, because we see that character right there. We're in the second one, the third one. Like, oh well, Jack, since you sold your soul to 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 octopus devil, that means we have to come for you now. Da 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 da. Oh wait, you went over. So it has it, the the other ones are doing all this shit that the first one was not doing at all. The first one just had, like, a few little moments of it. And plus the first one, too, I think, is, once again, it's one of those movies where it's a little bit more serious. You know, there's comedy in it, but the comedy's not, like, half the movie, you know? Like, because Disney's fault is, I don't know, they they do have probably more problems with this than anybody else, is they can make, like, a really good movie, and then they can kind of find a way to sort of, like, not screw up the second one, but they just almost exploit the things in there that, eh, okay, yeah, people like, but... You know, I mean, that almost like takes away from the movie. You know, once you start making a movie like go from being just like an action movie that had just a little bit of funny lines to being an action comedy, it's like, eh, you're kind of lost there. And once again, not saying that the other ones aren't good. It's just, you know, not as good as that first one is. And I think if Peter, if there's a Peter Pan movie that had that first one's tone and it was like a PG-13 one or whatever, and if you want to, you can make the Lost Boys like 15 years old. I mean, I don't see a reason why. I mean, they could be 10 years old. They could be 15 years old. It doesn't matter to me. Like, I think mm-hmm. both two, those two ages could work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that you do something more interesting with that, and you can kind of try to give them a reason of what, or like, like a combination of that and Harry Potter. I think would be a good mix. Yeah, I think that would be that'd be about the right kind of tone where you'd want, yeah, and not yeah, not too much comedy, but you know, still like you take your material very serious, you know, mm-hmm. just a little bit, you know, still have your fun and comedy in there. I mean, that's how Hook sort of is too. It's like it still takes the material serious. I feel. It's not mm-hmm. like they're just having too much fun or anything like that. Steven Spielberg is always good at balancing that out, generally. Usually, yeah. And then yeah. The, the, this still has a little bit more comedy with the whole aspect. I'll say this. There's that part where the kids are having a food fight. And I'm guessing the way it's supposed to work is you give into your inner child, the food appears. It's either that or it's one of those things where it's just like, oh, no, it's not there. We're just going to pretend we're eating. And so when they're having what a food fight. people do fu- in Ethiopia. Yeah, so so they're just having play Thanksgiving. So when they start having this like food fight, I just like to imagine the cut back to reality. All these kids just pretending to throw food at each other, laughing like these big smiles, while tears kind of slowly like creep from the sides of their eyes. Like I wish. Yeah, we're eating. eating. We're having so much fun having a food fight and eating. It's so fucking fun. It's just no. It's just sad. No, just, there's nothing good about it. John Williams music just stops, cuts back to reality. All these kids just kind of like just basically just distant shot. All these kids just flinging their arms at it. One tall, forty-year-old man at the end of the table doing the same thing. <laughs> and just you just hear like almost like no music, but you can hear their stomachs growl. <laughs> An orchestra of sadness. Yeah, exactly. But no, Hulk is one of those movies that every time I go back to it. It is always like that kind of like magical experience of like what makes like such a good movie and what can kind of like almost like time travel you back to a almost like another time. No matter, and like in two ways. Like one, it takes you back to the 90s, but two, it takes you back to this fantasy realm too, all at the same time. And I think that's kind of like it's one of those ones like I feel like that's what gives those 90s movies like that warmth feel. 
And I don't say that just because of being a 90s kid. I just think that, like, at that time period, they had that really dialed in on how to make those kind of movies. They had the right music, the right look, the right actors, and it just all kind of came together to create that feeling. Let me ask you a serious question here. Um, and this isn't me trying to be cynical or being shitty about Peter Pan itself. In 20 years, do you think people will still give a shit about Peter Pan himself? Because the way I'm thinking about it, it's kind of a leftover thing. Because now we got, like... Well, we got Peter Pan. Well, what's Peter Pan? Oh, it's this thing where it's like, you know, there's pirates, there's Native Americans, there's adventure, there's magic. Yeah, I can think of a bunch of other things that have that same exact thing, only with more shit in it. So now I'm kind of wondering if it's this kind of... I mean, I still like it. But I'm wondering if younger people will still give a shit 20 years from now. Because, you know, the Disney one hung around because, you know, it's Disney. So whether... You love it or not, they're going to force that shit on you. But even that Disney one, I will say, that movie's probably... That's one of those few ones that's like, people remember it, but that's definitely one of the most faded away of the classic Disney movies, is Peter Pan. Mm -hmm. I don't feel like that movie... It's not remembered like as highly as like Snow White. I mean, Snow White's the first one, so I feel like that will always give that one its humongous credit. But it's kind of like there's a couple of them at that time period. It's not saying that people don't watch them, but I just don't feel like they're nearly like as hardcore remembered as other ones. And it's kind of like Snow White, or not Snow White, but um, Cinderella and Sleeping Beauty and Peter Pan. You well, know, like I, f- I feel like that. The, I feel like Hook was kind of riding off. Cause I remember I saw the Disney Peter Pan in theaters because there's this point in the early '90s where they were releasing a lot of their old classic movies in theaters. I remember I saw Snow White in theaters. I saw Jungle Book. I saw this one, maybe something else. Um, uh-huh. You know, way before, way after these movies came out. And um, so I'm wondering if this is riding on the momentum of that. Because you have a whole generation of people who saw that movie, their kids. And then you get this, then you get that one that came out in the 2000s, which I never... Maybe, maybe, I, maybe, I, was being, maybe I was being a shitty, cynical teenager. Maybe i got to watch it now and maybe give it another chance. Like, this isn't for me, so it's fucking stupid. Maybe i got to watch it again. Yeah. Where I'll... Where Pan, that, that just, I just felt like they're trying to be like, let's do the origin story before he was Peter, you know? And, um, and so I'm wondering if, like, because Pan did horrible. The other one, I don't think it did great, but I think it reached out to kids and kids liked it. So it's kind of like how Hook kind of like found its audience and all that. So. I'm yeah, wondering. I, I, I will say, I bet you, I'll say this, I bet you Peter Pan will become in the category of Junk Carter. And all those kind of like Lone Ranger, the, yeah, Lone Ranger, Valerian, like all these kind of older series that almost like yeah, they're classic as fuck. But people have almost kind of like ripped from them throughout the years and kind of used that material in different ways. And it's kind of yeah, now it's just almost grandpa material. And I think, I think sadly enough, it's like it's one of those ones like Peter Pan. Like if you unless you made one that was like really really exciting and you really kind of made it totally awesome and i think if you kept it kind of old style i think it just kind of made it like this period piece i think you could make something really cool but you got to come in with like the right people and the right talent to do it and i think some of these other ones i I don't know they're just like just like the peter pan like those ones that came out like the 2000s i just felt like they're they're making it almost for like the wrong looking audience like see what made hook kind of work well is hook is still like has an old-timey feel but it also has, like, a very hip feel, too. You know what I mean? It doesn't feel like you're watching, and here's a story of Peter Pan. It's old and British. 
old and British. Like, and I think sometimes some of those movies, they almost start too much like that. Where Peter Pan's like, whoa, he's a lawyer, and he's got to go back to save his family. Peter Pan in Hook. It's you know, not going to be as easy as it was the first time. Yeah, it's just like, like with Rufio, it's surfing in to fight action. Whoa! 90s. <laughs> and Dustin Hoffman, remember him? He was in The Graduate. He even Never saw he, that? Oh, it's okay. <laughs> it's okay. She's like, <laughs> what? What? come on, that was a hit movie for the 60s. What, am I dating myself already? Jesus Christ. Fuck you. <laughs> Fuck you, kids. <laughs> Fucking hate you. I swear it's still rolling. Christmas. Keep that shit rolling. Christmas 1991. <laughs> Steven Spielberg's movie is Hook. Well, even the trailer. I'll Ray say the trailer. GG. <laughs> the trailer was even, like, um, okay. treated almost kind of like a quasi-horror film. Because they don't even show Neverland or him flying. It's just one of those things, like, whatever happened? You see the kids sleeping. If Peter Pan grew up, and you see like the hook, that close-up shot of the hook coming off the window hinge, the green, creepy, like Exorcist light shooting through the window, kids screaming. For some reason, they also have magic. Apparently, they can just whip the the blankets right off the kids, like while they're sleeping like that. And then, like, oh no, the kids are running up. That like, that's the shot that was like really good. With the whole, it was actually even kind of the way it was kind of shot like a horror movie. The way how like he's dragging, you can see it, but he clearly just dragged his hook along the hallway. Just I'm gonna add insult to injury and fuck up the value of their house. <laughs> and and then the lady, it was even kind of weird cockeyed angle. The hallway was very dark. Like they took the children. They took the children. Yeah, exactly. It's like we gotta get the cops in here. And then when he's like, oh, it's not. Yeah, I don't want to just kind of like, ah, it's, it's Hook, you fucking idiot. Like, come on. It's like, yeah, pure bag. Like, you would know what a Hook is. Get, get the police in here. They'll know what to do. Phil Collins will know what to do. He's filling out that report. <laughs> That's right. That, that was Phil Collins. I forgot. You know. But, um. But she's yeah, like, no. this whole, this, she's like, it was a pirate. He says, I don't know. It sounds like a whole pack of lies. <laughs> Walks out. Yeah, exactly. Like, one of those moments. Very forced, I know. But, yeah, it, it is one of those ones, like, see, where I feel like Hook will still, like, I bet you you could show Hook to a kid and it would still hold up pretty well. I think yeah. 90s values stick around. I think that if you could show a kid any of these kind of movies at a young enough age, they'll, they'll probably still be into it. I remember showing my nephews the Mario Brothers movie and them mm-hmm. being, I, I've said this before on the show, um, it wasn't one of my nephews, it was my cousin's kid, and I was one, he loves Mario. I was like, oh, there's a Mario Brothers movie. He's like, there's a Mar- M- 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 Mario Brothers movie? And I show it to him. And he's watching it just wide-eyed. Like, can't believe this is real. Turns to me, he says, like, when this movie come out? Like, well, I was about your age. Wow, it must be old. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh... But, but that, that, it is kind of how it is. It's like whenever I was a kid, I'd discover like when there was something I really liked, and then there'd be something like, "Oh, there was a movie like 20 years ago, which would have been like the 70s." You'd be like, "What?" It's almost like that kind of thing when you discover like the Superman movie. It's like there's a Superman movie. You're like, <laughs> "I just saw the Fleischer cartoons, and now there's a Superman movie." You gotta be kidding me! Like live action? Like that's how I sort of felt with those sort of things. And yes, it was the Fleischer cartoons. It's like how I knew about that stuff. It's like we didn't, we didn't have any other Superman other than the Fleischer cartoons <laughs> on TV. 
Well, but there's also the there's also like the Popeye movies. When I found out there's a movie based on something I was aware of, whether I was a huge fan of it or not, I was like, well, that mean there was a cartoon and there's a movie on it, and being super excited and then seeing it like, oh yeah, Popeyes, okay, whatever. I mean, I still like that movie, but yeah, it is it is weird. I'm not gonna say it's not weird, but it is like. It, to me, I guess as a kid, it was still special because it was live action Popeye. You gave me everything I wanted as a child. I wasn't asking for anything more. Well, that's why I think I was so disappointed when I saw Pink Panther because I thought it was like a movie about a animated Pink Panther. <laughs> like, then I find out, oh no, that's they just made a movie off the opening credits. Yeah, they made the cartoon off that. It's like it's odd. Yeah, yeah. That that, that one I remember as a kid too threw me off. It's like, oh, it's like a mock. 007, not like a hip pink panther? No, not a... Did you ever see the pink panther in the 90s where he actually talked? Yes, I do. I remember those ones. I remember my sort dad, cause I remember my dad would like sometimes see me watching that and he's like, is he fucking talking? Like, yeah. He's like, he's not supposed to fucking talk. This isn't the real shit. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> They're fucking with his pink panther. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Messing with his generation of stuff, but... Yeah. But yeah, but that's probably a good place to wrap it up. Boy, this this one is one of the ones like I could talk about Peter Pan for quite some time, just because something special about it. not not just Peter Pan the character, but Peter Pan as a, the movie Hook, which is a totally awesome movie. It's one of the ones like hey, you should go back and watch it again, and or if you've never seen it, definitely one to totally check out. I think it's one of Steven Spielberg's best movies. I'm gonna say that I really think it is that good. Your top Spielberg pick is Jurassic Park, right? Yeah, Jurassic Park is my all time favorite one, but I would say that Hook might be in the top five. I like it more than like sometimes even bigger ones that some people might go like oh that's one of my favorites like I probably like it more than Raiders of the Lost Ark I probably like really? it really yeah I, well, well I guess this is your Raiders of the Lost Ark it was something made for you right here at your time yeah well, Raiders of the Lost Ark it wasn't that much older but you picked up on it yeah well Raiders of the Lost Ark too that's like my least favorite of the Indiana Jones of the three ones like I like Temple of Doom and Last Crusade more so I'm one of those people that Temple of Doom is my favorite one so hmm I, I warmed back up the Temple of Doom later in the line. I remember there's a point where I loved it, then I kind of backed away from it, then I came, kind of came back around to it. Yeah. It's like that one and then Last Crusade, but, you know, I still like Raiders a lot, but, you know. But, yeah, Hook is just really amazing. So if you want to help support the show, I'll put a little link in there to Amazon where you can click on Hook and grab yourself a DVD or Blu-ray or digital copy or whatever the hell else you want. It won't cost you any extra, but you can help support the show. So till then, check out oldmanorange.com for more podcasts, cartoons, music, and more. Check out Pizza Boys. Got issues 1, 2, and 3 on Amazon and issues 1 and 2 on Comixology. And I'm Spencer Scott Holmes. And I'm Ryan Dunnigan. And we'll see you some other time. Later, folks. Thanks for listening to the Old Man Orange Podcast. Check out our website at oldmanorange.com for even more podcasts, cartoons, videos, music, and more. Send us an email at oldmanorangepodcast at yahoo.com. Be sure to subscribe, share, rate, and review us on iTunes, Podomatic, or any of the other fine sites we might be located on. And if you want to help out even more, click on the Amazon or GameStop links on our webpage before you make any purchases there. Won't cost you a penny, but it sends us a little something our way. Thanks for listening, and tune in next week to Old Man Orange.